Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Previously on A New Winter, I've seen him, Jackie told me. The man, the man that raped her, he's here in this village. He's watching us. This is episode three of A New Winter. Shaking with fear. I never told anyone that before. No one, she said. It feels weird to externalise it. It makes it real. I mean, it was real, but you know what I mean. And I did know what she meant. I felt for her. I really did. She was clearly scared for her life. Tell me about the German, I asked. I want to know everything. He's short, she began. About 50, I think. Fat. Like a fat controller, shaved head, big nose. I can't think of how else to describe him, but if I saw him, I'd know. Any noticeable marks or tattoos, anything like that? No, she said. None that I saw. Well, what to do now? What about the police, I suggested, but she shot me down. It was too late for that. There was no proof and she didn't have any other information. Also, she didn't want her parents to know but she has to tell someone, surely. What was I supposed to do? The man apparently hadn't even approached her. She'd just seen him on the other side of the road or at the end of a bar, things like that. As soon as she sees him, she just feels sick and she has to run away. But how could she be so sure that it's him? She looked at me dead in the eye and said with certainty, it's him. I know it. Well, there wasn't much else to it. We'd have to track him down, which means Jackie would have to be some kind of bait. I suggested we keep close to each other for the next few days, and if she sees him, just to quietly point him out. And at the same time, I'd ask around 
and see if anyone saw him or knew anything. We started at the pub, together. Jackie showed me where he'd been sitting and asked a few locals if they'd seen anyone, but unfortunately it was of no use. No one could remember him. We got outside when I noticed a shadow of a man coming out of an alley on the road opposite. I didn't think anything of it until it just stopped. Just looking at us. I stopped too, and suddenly Jackie clung to the sleeve of my jacket. I couldn't see the man, it was too dark, but it was just a shape. Is it him? I asked. The shadow then disappeared back into the alley. Is it him? I asked again, and she nodded. I told her to go back inside the pub and don't come out until I was back, and then I headed down the alley. As I looked down, I could see a streetlight halfway down, bathing in an orange glow, but nothing. It was empty. I ran into the light and then back into the darkness until I got to the end of the alley and was at a crossroads. I looked around and there to my right was a man walking off with his back to me. I wasn't sure if it was him, but I thought I'd follow him anyway. And as I followed him, I took a look around in case I was following the wrong person, but it was deathly quiet. The smell of different dinners floating across the air made my stomach gurgle from all the different houses and happy families that surrounded us. I stepped on my pace a bit, hoping to catch him up, but then his pace quickened. I broke out into a slow jog, and then from out of nowhere he started sprinting off. I quickly began chasing him, but he was faster than he looked. He was still slightly ahead of me. He jumped through some railings and into a park. I followed him, and I thought, I had him now. There's no way he could outrun me in such an open space. I picked up my speed a little bit, and I could hear him puffing and running out of steam. I have him now, I thought. I looked up and saw a small building with the lights on. It was next to a church, St Paul's. It seemed as if he was heading in that direction. I was close now ready to jump and take him down at any moment. And then something suddenly surprised me. Help, he was shouting. Help me! I slowed down slightly and suddenly thought, what was I going to do when I call him? Help, he kept shouting. And suddenly the front door of the small building burst open and out came a very thin man. What's going on here, he shouted. His voice was stern, I'm guessing from living next to a park. The German approached the man and was gasping for breath. He, he's chasing me, he said. And what surprised me about his voice was that there was definitely an accent, but it could have been mistaken for anything. It wasn't clearly German. I slowed down to a walk and put my hands in the air, as if I meant no harm. I was now able to take a good look at both the men. The German was exactly how Jackie had described him. His head was shaved, his face was chubby and flushed and he was definitely in his fifties. To me, then and there, he just looked pathetic. The other man was mid-forties, thin as a rake, with large, wire-rimmed glasses that looked like double the size of his face. He didn't look friendly in the slightest. Are you chasing this man? he asked. Look, I just want to ask him some questions, I said. He's been stalking a friend of mine. I've done no such thing, the German protested, as he was suddenly bent over in half with his hands on his knees, gasping for breath. The thin man didn't know what to make of this. He looked me dead in the eye. I know your sort, he said. 
To me, it looks like you're trying to steal from this poor man. Or at best, beat him up. I'm going to take him inside and I want you gone in the next five minutes or else that's it, I'm calling the police. And if this man truly is a stalker, then I think you should just take it up with the authorities. And they both walked in. I stood there, dumbfounded in the dark silence. He'd been saved. And I'd made a promise not to tell the police, so I was on my own. I started walking off, back through the park, until I turned around and saw a horrifying sight. It was the thin man and the German, both of them standing side by side, staring out the window, just watching me, watching me leave. And as I withdrew into the darkness, I couldn't help but feel I was walking away from something, something darker than the night that surrounded me. Something evil. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more info, including how you can support the show, please visit anewwinter.com. Music today was by Kevin MacLeod, Purple Planet Music and We Talk of Dreams. Thank you for listening to A New Winter.